We are back with the Diedrich Taylor Coaches Show. Your host, Brandon Marcus, alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Diedrich Taylor, the head coach of Cal State Fullerton, who is currently under quarantine once again. I would ask you how you are, but I have a feeling I know the answer to that. So what's going on? Yeah, not a whole lot. Trying to figure out a whole lot and, and coming up with nothing all at the same time. I mean, <clears throat> it's uh, it's hard, as you said. We're under quarantine again, and and um, you know, we're obviously up against the holidays. We're up against the start of our conference, and you know, everything that could possibly go wrong seems to have gone wrong for our ball club and our program moving forward. It just, uh, man, it's just a lot of unanswered questions. Basically, we were supposed to use this show to recap the game over the weekend i believe and then we're going to preview the big west slate which is supposed to begin this coming weekend but that's not going to happen so those of you that do not know there has been a positive case once again in the cal state fullerton program and so we are going to discuss that what's next for the program and also if you are not aware the big west in general is in big trouble right now there are four teams currently that are under quarantine we will go to the schedule we'll tell you what games are affected, and it's frankly a mess. It, it really is a mess. Uh, if you want to ask a question to the show, show at gmail.com. That's show at gmail.com, where Coach Taylor will be able to answer your questions. We have a couple that we'll get to a little bit later in the show. Let's talk about the case in your program first. So I'm assuming, once again, this means that you will have the 10 days of isolation, for the individual and 14 days of quarantine for you guys. The positive case, I believe, came up on Friday, which was the 18th, which means that uh, not great in terms of uh, what's going on. And that means January 1st, you guys are probably out of quarantine, which would be your second weekend of games. What does this mean for you guys? <clears throat> you know, I don't, I don't know, quite frankly. Uh, it, there's so many, like I said, there's so many unanswered questions. Um, one of the things is that we're debating, our training staff is debating on whether or not uh, the CDC is approving us to take the 14 day mandated quarantine, or if they've shrunk that down to, to 10 days. Obviously um, we have to abide by those guidelines and, and those rules, but that's a question, you know, because obviously the 10 days versus 14 days, it puts us in a different time frame in terms of playing our league or our conference versus not playing our conference or, you know, that's one discussion. Um, but I think the most important thing and more, more relevant is just where our guys are mentally, um, you know, because we're, we're talking about December 20th and, and we played one game. We only have one game to show for all of the testing, all of the, the, the resources spent. Um, and, and we knew that that was a possibility, but it's something different. I think totally different when it, when it hits home. And it has hit home. Um, and, and quite frankly, I shut down Friday and, and I didn't, I turned my phones off. I didn't want to talk to anybody. didn't want to do anything. I, I literally was sitting in the dark on the couch with nothing on, no TV on, nothing, trying to figure out, like, what does this mean? Trying to find the, the, the intestinal fortitude to lead our group forward and tell them something different than maybe I've been telling them the whole time. You know, just just trying to figure out how we're going to go forward with with our group. And so we kind of came out of that tailspin uh, Friday and Saturday and, and um, <clears throat> just just trying to trying to 
think about the things that we are thankful for and grateful for. But I think the reality is, is that this sucks. I mean, this is, this is, it, it is pitiful. It is disappointing, you know, more for our guys because they, they compete, they, they, they train, they lift, they do all of these things. They take these tests, they do all of these things to, to prepare themselves um, to play the game. <clears throat> and then for me, I'm basically the bearer of bad news and got to go in and tell them, Hey, we ain't playing. You know, not only are we not playing, but we're, we're now on quarantine. And that obviously, as you know, means something completely different in terms of um, socialization. You know, we're already kind of locked down, but now they can't even spend time with each other. And so, you know, with the families <clears throat> uh, coming or, or, or the Christmas holiday, what does that look like? You know, we already had a problem and an issue telling our guys they couldn't go home or they couldn't see their families because of the the severity of the situation, I think the reality of it is, is we have to deal with the, the, the known, what we have the virus, we're, we're under quarantine, but I think for the mental health of our guys, the reality of it is, is they're going to go home where their families are going to come here over the Christmas holiday. And I think to plan accordingly, like, what do we do next? You know, what, what happens? Because they're going to go home. They're going to do whatever they do to try to, um, you know, make themselves whole, so to speak. Um, and, and who am I to say, don't do that? Yeah, it's a really tough position to be in. And um, man, there's a lot to unpack there. And when you look at Christmas and the pandemic and all the people that are already traveling and all the people that are already shopping and you see how bad it is right now. I mean, LA County right now was just called the epicenter of the pandemic sure. um, in terms of just you look at the ICU beds and they're basically non-existent and people say, well, there may be a couple left. You got to understand that it's not just COVID. It is other things as well. Personally, I know somebody that is very sick with cancer, one of a family member's friends, and they got turned aside when they got to the hospital. I mean, it's a really bad situation to be in. And there's so much that was discussed previously about these shutdowns and how it affects you mentally. But no one really discussed the talk about athletics continuing forward and what happens mentally when you do proceed. Because then you get into these situations where people could be like, oh yeah, why don't you just play? Everybody, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not gonna affect these kids. Well, we don't know that one person may get it a little more, will get it more severely than somebody else. And I won't even say a little more. It could be hit really hard and can knock somebody out. I mean, there's Premier League soccer players that have been out of commission for two to three weeks and it's hitting them really hard. And these are some of the fittest players in the world. So we need to all do our best to watch out for each other. And I want to hit on the mental part of it because I can vouch, by the way, that I reached out to you earlier in the morning. I was not expecting uh, a response because I had a feeling that this is going to be a situation where you just didn't want to talk to anybody. And you talk about your mental health and this is hard for everybody right now because a, you can't see family members. If you do see family members, then it hopefully is a very small group. If not, then it could be spreading and you could be getting other people sick without not knowing it. But for you personally, I mean, you talk about shutting down for an entire day and then having to tell your team that they can't play going forward. I mean, You've been vocal before. I mean, I'm not breaking news by saying you've said before, what are we doing here? Like, like, what are we doing here? Why is this season even happening? And I'm sure that's got to be 
tenfold when a situation like this happens because A, it's affecting your player's health. B, it's affecting mental health. And C, what's the benefit at this point, you know? Yeah, at this point, I'd start with C, what is the benefit? Because at one point, I mean, you take you, you talk about, I think the last episode, we talked about an emotional roller coaster that we're on. And you think about the highs and the lows of a roller coaster. And that is, in fact, us. And then you take into, a fact, into account 18 to 19 to 20-something-year-old kids. They already are on emotional roller coaster with all that they are dealing with. And then you throw this into, into that mix. And I think you're asking for you know, for a lot of a disaster, quite frankly, I think, I think it's, it's nothing short of dumb (laughs) for us to be playing Um, because you you get pinched on both ends. You know, you, 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 you excite, you get all excited about playing and the possibility of playing and then boom, that gets taken from you. And then you play and you are, or or you, you serve your time in quarantine and then you get ready to play again. But then also you have to mention the fact that possibility of, of injury. You know, and, and we we have that, you know, there, there's a there's a couple of guys that that they have yet to practice fully in its entirety because they're hurt. Um, you know, the one game that we did play, we, we had a kid, we wanted to see what he could do and, and we put him out there and lo and behold, he gets hurt. So, you know, it's 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 um, it's taxing to say the least. It's exhausting to say the least. It's it, there's a lot of adjectives that I could use to describe what we're going through, but it is beyond disappointing um, and embarrassing that we are who we are in terms of a country um, undergoing what we're dealing with and the way I think that we're dealing with it. Uh, it's, it's, it's nothing short of embarrassing um, to say the least. So, you know, there, there's a lot there. There's a lot that be, can be said, but I do think that the virus is, is becoming um, polarizing in a lot of ways because there are a lot of people that think, ah, oh, just, you know, just shut up and play. You should go out and play and blah, blah, blah. And then there are a lot of people like myself that say, anytime you bring a group together, you're asking for the virus to, to be spread. And in fact, that's, that's what we're seeing. You know, not only in our program, I think you can see that across the country. If you look at every day, I look at the scores or I look at this this app that has all the college scores and you scroll through and, and there's probably about at least six or more games that have been canceled or postponed because of the virus. And you have to ask yourself again, you say, why are we doing this? Why are we promoting in my opinion, this, the, the spreading of the virus? Is it because we think we're fit and because we think we'll recover? It's not that big of a deal. Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you it is a big deal. It's a big deal for the simple fact that you mentioned, you know, a cancer patient who's in dire need is getting turned away from the hospital because of this COVID related, you know, this COVID virus is out there. That's unheard of, you know? I mean, to think that, that we are at capacity in our ICUs, in our hospital, in our medical, in Southern California. And we're still like, if you go out tomorrow morning and get on the freeway, you'll have traffic. Like, like there's nothing going on. It's true. It's true. I, I go to work it from the San Fernando Valley to Culver city and traffic has gone down since the most recent shutdown, but it still takes me 
40, 45 minutes to get home from work, and it should take me 20 to 25. No doubt. I mean, in, 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 again, that's a part of life and a part of, you know, if things were, were normal, but we're not talking about normal circumstances. We're trying to get through a situation that is not uh, conducive to the health of anyone, quite frankly. And, and, and to your point, we don't know how it's going to respond. I mean, you look at our team that we've dealt with it is hit us in all kinds of different ways from from you know us not having any symptoms didn't didn't bother you to to losing the taste and smell um to having uh myocarditis uh, i mean you name it it's right here in our program and so don't tell me that i don't know what i'm talking about don't tell me that i don't know what i see because i've seen it all and I, I, I'm not saying that I'm an expert because I'm not, but I am a witness to what can happen and what can happen on a variety of different levels if you continue to operate the way we are going. And something that we haven't talked about is that this is not just the second out, uh, second case in your program. There have yeah. been more cases previously. Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago when you guys had that initial one. And we never discussed that there were previous cases um, earlier on. So there are several members of your guys' program that have gotten this. And it really is worth repeating again that this does hit minorities harder than it does to the white individual. I mean, is that it, it's a common, it's a fact at this point that it hits minorities harder. And there are, obviously, you look at college basketball and it is very much filled with minorities yeah and it, it, it's it's really a difficult situation it is it's it's an extremely difficult situation i mean if you look at look at the numbers and don't take what you and i say you look at the numbers mm -hmm. and statistically it's proven what you are saying that it does hit the minority communities um really really heavy and and for a variety of reasons you know we're able to show why that is in fact the case but what i think is important is that we are aware of that and we act as though um, we know that and try as best we can to accommodate each other and accommodate um, those lesser fortunate races uh, so that they can get the help and, and we can change around the statistics um, to, to a different degree but the reality of it is is that we can't <laughs> we're not you know, you're not all of a sudden going to infuse those types of resources in some of the communities that are that are suffering mightily from what we're talking about and in, in, in not just obtaining the virus, but also obtaining, you know, the work. Those people want to work just like everybody else, but they can't because of the virus. Their place is shut down or, you know, there's a number of reasons why they're not afforded the same opportunities that that some of us are. And so I think you have to take that into effect when you start talking about how this virus impacts um, lesser represented communities across the country, you know, across yeah. the world for that matter. And I want to also add that we can look at college athletics and say, okay, these are young kids. Most of them are going to get over it very quickly. I mean, it, that is also a fact that most of them are going to get over it very quickly. However, you look at Thanksgiving, you look at Christmas, it's about to be Christmas. These kids that have it, could be going home for Christmas. Kids that may not know they have it could be going home for Christmas. And you look at college basketball right now, there are cases all over the place. We mentioned the intro. Four teams right now have been shut down 
in just the big West alone. So you look at these kids going home and they're seeing their grandfathers and their grandmothers and their parents that are older. And that's why you answer to the question of what's the big deal of playing college basketball because others can get sick. I mean, that that's the fact of the matter. I'm going to ask you two really difficult questions. Sure. The first one is, have you guys given any thought to opting out? Because CSUN women's basketball opted out before the season. So there is a Big West program on the women's side that has opted out. At this point, this being your third time being shut down, has there been any thought to possibly opting out? Uh, yeah, there's been thought. Um, I don't know that our guys have publicly or, or privately, for that matter, had conversation just because of their train of thought and the way that they're built in terms of getting through things and let's just face it and just get through and let's just get to the court. Um, but I think opting out is a legitimate possibility and it's a legitimate conversation that has been had. I don't know that it's been um, it's been had from a reality standpoint in terms of, hey, that's an avenue we should go down. You know, if you look at Duke's program, they chose to opt out in the preseason. Um, they're going to try and try and play conference. And, and, you know, it's something that that that, that we discussed. Um, but I think for the mental health and the mental uh, engagement of our guys and, and trying to keep our group together somewhat. It's better uh, to play. You know, we, we decided to, to keep playing at the forefront of, of our deal. But like you said, I mean, you have to think about, it. I'm not necessarily so much worried about our guys. I think they'll recover. I'm more worried about their families. You know, I'm more worried about their grandparents and their parents and their cousins and, and or other, I should say their uncles and their aunts, you know, that's what I'm, more in tune to, to, to be worried about. Um, but yes, that has been a conversation that has been had um, and we've erred on the side of trying to take advantage of the opportunity to play, to suffice um, the mental side of things for our guys. Yeah, and, and people could say it's they're mentally better off playing. But yeah. then you look at this situation and say, well, they're mentally better off not playing if they're gonna get continuing shut down. So it's really an impossible question to figure out and another situation that i know people have discussed is okay if there's an outbreak in a team let's get everybody to have the virus so we don't have to deal with this again i mean that's ridiculous right i mean just the thought that that's a thing that people are talking about yep let's get herd immunity in a team so that we can continue going forward yeah it's it's crazy it's not just common folk that are having that conversation like it's not just ordinary people like you and I, it's doctors that are suggesting these things that are maybe off the record, they're suggesting these things. And, and, you know, medically, it, it, there's some truth to it, some validity to what they're saying in terms of, um, you know, why don't we all just get in a huddle and just, you know, just kind of share the virus, so to speak, and hope like everybody gets it. Um, and it's been jokingly said amongst our program, you know, why don't we all just get the virus and just deal with it? But I don't know that I want to take a chance on getting the virus and and, and some of the some of the impact that that it has negatively. You know, some of the things that I've seen people experience. And yes, they have recovered, but I'm not. I don't like pain. I'm not going to inflict pain on myself intentionally. Uh, says the guy that uh that went with a headache for about five months <laughs> that's different, that's different. <laughs> i learned to live with that that's, that's totally different you can't bring that up that's, that's completely completely different but 
Um, and that wasn't that wasn't intentional. I didn't I, I didn't I didn't take the you know take that and say hey give me a hand. Wait, can I ask you a quick question now that we never discussed? Are sure. you high risk? Uh, I somebody asked me that yesterday, and I think that I I would probably be in that category in terms of being high risk because of the situation. Because I also suffer from asthma, and 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 I have allergies, um, and the allergies create the asthma, and obviously the the uh, the tumor would would make me. Uh, I think high risk um, by definition, um, but obviously I don't act like that. I don't feel like that. Um, but if I were to ask, yeah, I probably am. So I don't scared, ask. Are you scared to coach? No. Okay. No. I'm not scared to coach because I'm not scared to die. <clears throat> That's a whole nother question and a whole yeah. nother conversation. No, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily scared. I'm 46 years old and I think I have done more and seen more than the average person has been afforded the opportunity to be able to see. And so that if I die, it is what it is. You know, I, I've, I've done those things, I've seen those things and, and I, I wanna live a life that provides some type of inspiration and some type of motivation and leave some type of legacy behind so that obviously my girls will know who their father is, but also those that may not know me may not have the opportunity to 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 speak to me they they can they can read things or they can share different things that with people um from people that that do know me hey this is what he was about you know the, he was going to get his, give you his best and that's quite frankly how i live my life as though this may be my last um because i don't know i mean nobody told me that i was going to have a tumor on on, on my brain you know, yeah. and I was I was sharing this with with a doctor, um, the team doctor, so to speak, at the time that I was using and I was telling him, hey, man, I got all these headaches and we were kind of going back and forth. And he was telling me I should do this and do that. And and they were medical, you know, conversations that we were having, but they weren't in depth. They were more so just trying to help me get through the season. And I hadn't talked to him since. Uh, I've been diagnosed and, and kind of had the surgery and, and all of that. And so I'm telling him and, and, and literally between he and I, you could, you could, I'm talking and I'm saying, hello, you still there? Because he's in dis disbelief because he doesn't, he doesn't believe it, so to speak, but he's like, wow, all that transpired really. And so, you know, it just, it just, I, I'm, I'm to answer your question, man. Like I'm, I'm not, I don't want to die, yeah, so yeah. don't kill me, anybody, if you're listening. But um, <laughs> I'm not necessarily scared. Um, it, you know, I, it just—it's just a part of life. We we are born to die, and I think you have to accept that and um, appreciate that and live a life that suggests you understand that. If you um, don't know, by the way, what Diedrich is talking about with the uh, the head stuff and the tumor highly suggest you go back to the first couple episodes where we uh, discussed that. So if you haven't, sure. go back wherever you download or wherever you watch, whether it's YouTube or <laughs> iTunes, um, Al Podcast, whatever, highly suggest it. Um, here's my other question for you. And yeah. I'm not sure how much you can answer, but I'm going to ask it. How beneficial is it financially for Big West teams to be playing without any fans and with the costs that go into staying in hotels, the costs that go into testing, the costs that go into the food for the guys, 
all that, how beneficial is it when you can't get fans and that type of revenue? Um, what little bit of knowledge I have of that department, I'm going to answer it this way. It's not necessarily beneficial or, or, or doesn't benefit the Big West playing that, you know, the day-to-day -day operations where it could cause problems and where we're hopeful that it doesn't cause problems. And one, uh, one of the reasons why I think teams are playing is because we get a share of the NCAA tournament. And that's where I think it has a bigger impact and a bigger implication than, you know, than, than people coming to the games and being there or not being there. I think there are bigger implications from the tournament that we're trying to provide a uh, contender to the tournament to receive our share. Every school receives a share. And I think the Big West is, is different than most conferences is that it doesn't matter who goes to the tournament you know, like, like the year we went, Cal State Fullerton goes to the tournament, but our share is no different than, you know, the ninth place team in our conference, whoever didn't go. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, I think that's that, that's a, a, a unknown misnomer that people don't really understand that it doesn't really matter from a financial standpoint. We just want somebody to go so that we can get our share, no matter who you are. And so um, I don't know that, yeah, each institution's bottom line is going to be impacted because no bodies are going through the doors, through the turnstile, so to speak. So you don't have that person there checking the tickets and, you know, you don't, you don't receive that revenue. But I think even greater the revenue to exist, um, it comes from the tournament. And that's why we're, in my opinion, hell bent on having the tournament, having a participant in the tournament so that these schools athletically and some schools um academically don't go under yeah and let's the reason why i asked is because i mean it's let's be real guys i mean this is a lot of the decisions that have been made all over athletics is financially i mean it's, I mean, it's financial it's, it's that simple i mean college football continued for financial reasons the nba did the bubble for very big financial reasons with the amount of money that goes the t from the TV partners to the teams and the owners and um, all throughout. I mean, it, it really is that simple that, that it's, it's very financial. That's why I asked because it has to be something financial has to be number one for the reasons. Yeah. No, we also uh, look at player health, um, mental and how they're better off playing. But then we also talked earlier in the show how it, it could help I me. Mean, it could be worse to be yeah. playing from mental health wise. <clears throat> no, I think I think either way you slice it, I think there's pundits on both sides of the fence that will argue against the other. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why it's such a polarizing virus. I think it's a polarizing issue that we're facing because you could argue for or you could argue against and be right. Quite frankly, it's just a matter of what you believe. You know, I choose to believe that um, I'm, I don't want the virus, so I wear a mask. Um, I, that's just me. You know, but I look on TV or I look on, you know, Instagram and I see all these different protests of, of how people's rights are being uh, oppressed or they're being oppressed because they're being asked to wear a mask and so on and so forth. And even just 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 getting on before I, I heard some a restaurant owner say something about, um, you know, she was blaming or, or yeah, she was blaming the governor you know, uh, why are you shutting down? And, and right. my stance is that 
it's not the governor's problem. He didn't create this. Do you think the governor of the state wants us to shut down? Like, do you- And wants to deal with this first. Yeah, it's a big problem. It's a bigger problem for him, in my opinion, if we shut down. But that's, you know, again, that's my opinion. That's the way I look at it. Obviously, this lady, she looks at it completely different. But, but again, I had to ask myself the question, why are you blaming the governor for a virus that, that he didn't recruit? Yeah, he didn't he didn't develop. So, you know, that that again, that that's why I go back to the fact that this 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 virus is definitely polarizing. And I think you will see nobody in between. You will see one side or the other. And you can't do both, in my opinion, the way we know it. Yeah. And I want to hit on something quickly, because um, I mentioned earlier on that there are four programs that are shut down. And I wrote it down. So you look at Cal State Fullerton, the games against CSUN on the 27th and 28th are canceled. Yep. You guys, like we said earlier, are most likely out of quarantine about the 1st, January 1st. You're scheduled to play UCSB on the 1st and 2nd. Health-wise, in terms of COVID, you guys technically could play. But you already mentioned how one player's already gotten injured when trying to come back quickly. It doesn't make sense for you guys to probably come back that day and play against UCSB on the first and the second. Yeah. UC Davis is supposed to play against Bakersfield on the 27th and 28th, and then UC Riverside on the first and the second. Both of those series have been canceled because Davis is shut down for both of those. Mm-hmm. UC Riverside supposed to face Long Beach State on the 27th and 28th. UC Davis on the 1st and 2nd. UC Riverside is shut down and will not play either of those. Long Beach State's currently um, in quarantine. They've avoided any cancellations because they are off the first weekend. Their first games are supposed to be Bakersfield on the 1st and the 2nd. So I want to ask you, does it make sense for the Big West, do you think, to reschedule some of these games so that, for example, Bakersfield plays against uh, a team like Long Beach State, if Long Beach State's out of quarantine on the 27th, or or, Bake, or if Bakersfield plays against CSUN this coming weekend. Does that make sense to you? And, I mean, it's tough because you want to get the games in because your team wants as good of a shot as possible to get to the NCAA tournament. Right. And that hurts you when you can't play four games but you could if some of these games get rescheduled for later on. Yeah, it's. I think it's a question that we all are going to have to put our heads together in terms of the the the, the coaches um, under the direction and under the guidance of the Big West Commissioner and the presidents and the athletic directors are all going to have the same issue. You know, I'm going to answer the question you asked me, but I'm going to present another issue that we're going to face, in my opinion, is that there are four programs that are shut down right now, but there probably be four more that are going to get shut down right after or before or during yeah. you know, this issue. So I think this is the, uh, an ongoing issue that we're going to have to face. And so um, I was speaking to one of the coaches this morning and speaking to him in regards to do we reschedule our game? What is our stance? We don't know the answer to that, but obviously we both want that opportunity because as you said, we want to, we want to play in the NCAA tournament. And in order to get to the NCAA tournament, the NCAA has outlined that you have to have 13 division one games to be eligible um, to play 
And so we want to get those games in as quickly as possible. But, you know, I think it also begs the question of, of you know, if we do play on January 1st, are you getting the best Cal State Fullerton has to offer on January 1st? Or are you just getting the game out there away or not away, but are you just 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 getting it get it done? You know, and, and I think that's another question that that begs some answering in terms of, um, you know, these all these schools are dealing with the, the same issue. But are you getting the best? Are you going to present the best possible team from our conference on any given night at the tournament? That's a question because of injury, because of, you know, the virus, because of all of the different things that are available to you that, I mean, it just, it's just one big mess after the other. And I think, unfortunately, it creates more questions than there are answers, you know? And so to answer your question flat out, no, heck no, I don't want to play January 1st and January 2nd because I, I worry about my guys. Um, I worry about them physically um, getting hurt. And, and doing something to themselves that they're not used to doing, coming off of 14 days of supposedly not doing anything. Yeah, they can, I heard Anthony Davis say this the other day, like you can do all the drills and you can do all the different things you wanna do, but there's, there's nothing like basketball shape. And in order to get in basketball shape, guess what? You gotta play the game. You have to play and you have to go up and down and change directions and pivot and pat, you know, you have to do all of those things for a duration of time and then you have to continue to do those things um, before you consider yourself in somewhat of shape. And so that's, that's the question is, is, is the shape um, that, that you're gonna return in. And I don't know that a lot of coaches will put their program and their guys in the way of, of that. Um, that Especially that, for you guys, when you guys, I mean, you and I were talking before we started recording. I mean, you guys were shut down initially, then you guys, were shut down before you're supposed to start that series um, up in the Northwest. Yeah. You guys couldn't play that. You had another team that couldn't play. So that one game was canceled. And later on, you had another team that was canceled. Um, and by the way, I mean, let's circle all the way back. I can't believe I'm waiting for this long to bring it up. You guys played against San Diego Christian on December 13th. Their program is currently in quarantine. So yeah. if you look at it, most likely, I'm not saying it happened, most likely either they gave it to you guys or you gave it to them because everybody tested uh, negative before that game. Mm -hmm. So you guys were able to play, but we have seen with this virus that you can test negative and still have it and test positive a couple days later. So yep. if you look at the timeline, if San Diego Christian was shut down before you guys, it's possible that you guys got it from that game now, you might say, well, why is it only one player right now in your program that's tested positive? A, you some guys in your program have already had it. Mm -hmm. And we know that most likely you're not going to get it again. And second of all, it could show up in the next round of testing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very possible. Definitely. So, I mean, you, we go back to what are we doing here? It's very possible that your team just got the coronavirus by playing a game. Yeah. No, it's very, very possible, very likely. Um, but I wouldn't say, you know, that's 100%. You know, right. got it by going to the, the Wendy's, getting a burger. Bacon. Well, and that, that's the issue is that we, and that you, we're not going to make this, um, we're not going to go further into coronavirus than we need to. But yeah. contact tracing yeah. and the fact that we don't know 
yeah. is a problem for you guys, especially when you're trying to play basketball. The fact that you don't know where the virus is coming from. And that, you know, like you said, that that presents the problem because twice we've been shut down for one player and none of us have ever, none of us have tested positive or on any of us continue to test positive. We actually continue to test negative. So that one player, whoever he is, they get it, but it does shut us down for the duration of the, the quarantine because that one player had it and we practice without mask or we practice without you know, the safety rules or the safety guidelines, so to speak, but nobody does that. I mean, e even the way, and this may get me in trouble, but I don't really care, but even the way that, that, that people are tested, you know, there's, there's other schools out there that you go and get tested the game, the day of the game, they give you the kit, they being the testers, the administrators or whoever is administering the test, they give you the test and they let you swab yourself and you turn the test back in. So, Right then and there, there's a difference between me swabbing myself and the doctor swabbing myself. Because let me tell you what, I am not touching myself in my brain. Like that, that forget that, man. I, I be sometimes I walk out of there, and both of my eyes are crying, and I be ready to fight because that it hurts. There's nothing comfortable about that. Like we have this text thread on our deal, and we'll ask, you know, well, does it does it hurt today? And, and it dawned on me, hey, man, it hurts no matter what. I'd refuse to let or don't want to intentionally let somebody with a little stick go up and touch my brain. Like that's, I'm cool on that, but that's what we have to do. Um, yeah. But therein lies the, the conversation I think I had with the coach from the East coast. He was saying, man, I'm we're on quarantine and we just got shut down and I'm not so sure about the testing method. Mm -hmm. Which well, you guys are testing yourselves. I mean, it's very different testing yourself versus yeah. having Else, do it so yeah. I, I don't we're think we're not we're not testing ourselves. We 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 somebody else is, is okay. doing it for us, but there are other programs out there that have yet to test positive at all, they're testing themselves, and so it begs the question of what's really going on. Yeah, no, and listen, that's that's fair to bring up because yeah. I mean you look all over the place and you can look at even in Florida, I believe it's it's common knowledge that they have fudged the number of deaths or cases and a certain thing to make something look good i mean it's happening all over the place i mean it's yeah. listen it's politics it's not politics it's going to happen i mean there are people that are going to try and cheat the system back yeah. to the other teams that are under quarantine sure. so now i'm assuming that you guys in this game against csun you guys do not get a win or a loss csun does not get a win or loss is that correct or you don't know i don't know the answer to that uh in fact i was speaking to, to coach godfrey this morning um, and we were talking about the possibility of trying to squeeze the games in here or there. And if our conference will let us, whether we play, you know, hey, we'll come down and play on a Tuesday and let you play whoever your opponent is on Friday, Saturday. And then we'll come down and play the next Tuesday just to try to get the games in so they do count wins and losses. And, you know, it's another opportunity for our team to play. And, you know, that's one option. But again, that option has to be approved by our conference and, and discussed by our presidents and so on and so forth. And that's just something that we talked about, but it's possible. It's definitely possible. And, and I guarantee you, if coach pre he presents that to his team, they're going to want to play. Just like if I present that to my team, guess what? They're going to want to play. This is what they do. They're athletes. They, they want to hoop. They came to California to play. So they're going to find any possible way for them to play. It's just like, you know, hey, you can't, you know, you close down the facility and you say, hey, don't, you know, you're not able to shoot here. 
Well, guess what? They're going to go shoot somewhere. They're going to go play somewhere. It's just a matter of whether you want them to do it here or you want them to do it over there, you know, in an unsupervised environment. Well, and then you look at the teams that are having their games canceled where they're testing negative. I mean, CSUN sitting here like WTF, man. Yeah. We've been fine. And then then here are games canceled against Cal State Fullerton. And you can look at Bakersfield and say, what's going on? Like, why are we being penalized? That's that's the situation you get in where people are frustrating with with each other because if you guys don't get this game in, let's say, for example, that no team gets a win, no team gets a loss, and CSUN, for example, is one game back or one game ahead, then the team in front or the team behind could be impacted and we won't know. So that, that's where you get into the whole competitive side of this is where that comes into play. No, and, and, and I think our league and, and the people are trying to come up with solutions to that, you know, but, but, but unfortunately we cannot or will not be able to create a, a solution for every problem because we don't know every problem that's going to present itself. Yeah. Um, but they've tried to, in terms of the big West, they've tried to, present a, a solution for that problem like you just mentioned but again we don't know that 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 the problem is even on the table for us to discuss until it actually happens and there are a bunch of different scenarios out there and still with those scenarios being out there we still won't know what the exact situation is yeah i mean listen if you get to a point where we're at the end of the season and i'm just saying this team a i'm not even gonna say a team because i don't want people to take that out of context <laughs> Team A is the one seed and they're one game up or two games up and they realize, you know, it doesn't make sense to play these games. We can only hurt ourselves. All of a sudden they shut down for the two, for those two games or something. Yeah. Get into stuff where it's dicey because you don't know if it's a win percentage. You don't know if it's going to be the set number of games you have to have. I mean, you guys could very well go and play two games in, let's say the first and second gets canceled. You play the eighth and the ninth. You guys win those. You're two and oh, and then you guys have another case. And yeah. you shut down for another two weeks. I mean, it could happen again. You guys at the end of the season could be three and one. And where does that leave you? I mean, you just look yeah. at college football and they're trying to deal with that as well. Yeah. Um, that, that's the reality. I think that's a reality. I even clicked on like some of the, some of the players were opting out like Florida's tight end. Yeah. They're going to play in a bowl if they choose to accept it, but are they going to have their full team? Cause if they're tight end, who's ranked number one, I think on Mel Kuyper's ESPN draft.com, whatever. He's obviously really good. Why would he play? Why would he put himself at risk? In my opinion, yeah, who do that? And you got millions and millions of dollars at stake. And we've seen that they're going to continue with the draft. They're going to continue with with the season. So go play for real money. Yeah, even though we know some athletes are being paid <laughs> under the table. That's happening. <laughs> well, another one that is happening, and we know it. We know it, but it's who knows. Um, this has been a really long episode, but it's been a really good episode. I want to finish with a couple of questions from the mailbag. Sure. Um, so let's hit that up. First, Derek Donaldson, DT. In the eight seasons you've been at Fullerton, what are the biggest obstacles you've had to deal with in recruiting and with the program as a whole? Oh, man, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a tough question. I know the answer to that, but I don't know that I should necessarily say it publicly. Um, but, but one of the hardest things is just, just trying to overcome who we are and what we've been traditionally and historically, you know, trying to change that, that, uh, that, that mindset, you know, um, of I can just go to Fullerton and 
play at Fullerton. No, nah, we don't. We don't want you to just come here. We are looking for a very specific type of player, a very specific type of person that fits the make and mold that we're after and that can produce what it is that we're producing. And so trying to explain that to every everybody is 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 probably the hardest thing because we don't necessarily have a tradition, so to speak, that that I think we're developing one. You know, like if you were to ask now versus five years ago, I think you probably would have two different uh, connotations. Whereas now we're moving towards people know when we walk in the door, this is what we want. We want a high character, hard worker that is that is skilled in some way, some sort, some fashion. Um, we're building that, but but it's still even hard to overcome, um, even within that conversation of of talking to those people. It's it's still hard. It's it's recruiting. You know, that's hard in itself. And then obviously you're looking for something specific that fits you. Um, but but I do think we have been able to forge forward and build that so that people are aware and they know who we are and what we are and what we're looking for and what we can accomplish here. Well, and your goal is to make sure that the Saturday you guys are playing at the Honda Center and yeah. you're playing for that Big West title and you're able to accomplish that where you won the Big West, another time you lost. I mean, you guys have gotten there. So yeah. that, that's definitely one way that you turn it around. So that makes a lot of sense. Definitely. Um, let's go to the second question from Jesper. And I apologize if I mispronounce your last name. Widen, uh, there's a, a little thing above the E. Uh, so Jesper says, dear coach, when Landis Spivey hits a three from the corner, do you see any resemblance to Titan legend Bruce Bowen? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot. There's a lot, you know, in terms of, 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 of him hitting a three. Um, and that's probably where, where it ends. Cause there's a lot of things that, that Landis is trying to prove and, and do that, that Bruce went on to prove and do that, that we're trying to, uh, to build that. But I think, you know, by body and, and, and how hard they run. Yeah. Without question. I think he can do, he can become that. And we would love for him to become what Bruce became, which is a, a, a ridiculous defender. Um, you know, I think he was coined as, uh, from one publication as the Kobe stopper at one point. Mm -hmm. You know, he would love for Landis to become half of that, not all of that, just half of that. And I think we really, really have a unique and special player. Um, but Landis is an unbelievable kid. He works his behind off and he understands that in order for him to get his three off, he needs to get to that corner and run really, really hard. And, and he's bought into that. And that's something that we can definitely hang our hat on, but it, it definitely reminds us of, uh, you know, of Bruce and gives us something to put a smile on our face uh, until we get to the other end of the floor. <laughs> uh, listen, we all need a smile on our faces, especially right now. So no you, you can email the show show at gmail.com. We've already run longer than we normally do. So we apologize if, if you're still listening, thank you. Um, please go ahead. If you go to Apple podcast, rate and review the podcast, Go ahead, give us a thumbs up on YouTube as well. If you're watching it there, leave us a comment. Um, we do appreciate those. And really a big thank you to everybody that is listening. I mean, this is unprecedented times. You have a program that shut down once again uh, for the third time. And it's hopefully this is the last time, but we're going to yeah. give it some insight and uh, we'll come back next week and we'll talk about where you guys are. And it's going to be the first week of conference. So we'll kind of have an idea um, of where teams are leading up into their first couple games. Um, or what, how they've done in their first couple of games, depending on when we record. So Diedrich, appreciate you giving um, an insight into this because I know it's not easy. Uh, it's, it's difficult times for everyone, but especially as a head coach that's trying to run a program that 
can't seem to uh, get off the ground. It's difficult. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, if it wasn't for people like yourself who are super energetic and super information driven, um, I don't know that I could and would do what we're doing. But because of people like yourself and because of our fan base and because people are listening and waiting to hear um, some of the information that we have, I have no problem sharing whatever I think with them. So I look forward to it. And this is this is a special situation for me. Uh, personally, it's also a it's it's therapeutic in a lot of ways uh, for me to be able to share the screen with you and share some information with those that are willing to uh, to listen. So we're super, super grateful and thankful that you guys have chosen to uh, to plug into us and listen. For Diedrich, I'm Brandon. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.